Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Eclair and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This is episode number 288, Phoenix Comic Fest 2018. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and I'm flying solo this time. Um, this is my uh, discussion about my experience I had at Phoenix Comic Fest a couple weekends ago, about two weekends ago, as of the time of, of this recording. Um... And, of course, the panel audio that we had discussing Solo and the future of Star Wars. So, I'm going to go ahead and play the panel at the end of this. I'm going to talk a little bit about Phoenix Comic Fest first, some of the shenanigans we got up to, and the fun that was had. I will wrap up. I will give all of the contact information um, at the end of this segment, and then we'll just end the episode with the panel, and that'll be it. So... Hope you're uh, buckled in. I won't be here too terribly long until we get to the panel, but I do want to go ahead and give you kind of an overview of Phoenix Comic Fest 2018 and, in particular, the Star Wars side of it. Uh, Phoenix Comic Fest, is formerly known as Phoenix Comic Con, um, was a lot of fun this year. Um, I was unable to get there on Thursday, I was only able to go Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this year due to my work schedule. But, that being said, I managed to squeeze in quite a bit. Of course, as you will hear in the panel, uh, we had a panel on Friday morning where we had to talk about Solo and, you know, the future of Star Wars. So I had to see Solo Thursday night, uh, which, of course, I have detailed in other uh, podcasts. But, going to see Solo... Thursday night, driving up there early Friday morning so I could talk on a panel before even considering doing anything else with the rest of the convention was kind of stressful, but a whole lot of fun. It was exciting. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. I managed to get there with, in plenty of time. Uh, traffic was a lot less than I thought it was going to be. And so, um, but the other unknown about Phoenix Comic Fest this year was the state of of security. Now, for those of you who might remember, um, last year when I talked about Phoenix Comic Con, I mentioned that there had been a gun scare. Uh, some crazy guy wanted to go after one of the celebrity guests, uh, dressed up as Punisher with real weapons, and got his way into one of the entrance areas of the convention center before Phoenix police and uh, were able to take him down. Thankfully, no one was hurt. No shots were fired. Um, but that ramped up security in a way that was really reactionary last year and not well thought out last year. Um, and so there were some real issues getting in and out of the convention 
for the rest of the weekend. Of course, this all happened on Thursday, the first day of the convention last year. And so the rest of the weekend, they were struggling to try and maintain security as well as make it quick and easy as possible for people to come in and out of the convention. Now, that was one of the big unknowns going into this year because we didn't really know how it was all going to work out with security and lines and that sort of thing getting in and out of the convention center this year. Thankfully, they developed a system and got a large amount of people um, to work the security uh, that made it fairly uh, a fairly quick process, um, as quick as can be. Um, there are, were three major entrances into the convention. They had tables outside for all of your registration. Uh, you picked up your your wristband to uh, register, and it had a little code that you scanned uh, into an iPad, essentially, to get into the security checkpoint. So you had to have that in order to get through. And then they had bag checks and metal detectors for everybody who was just coming in. They also had a separate area for cosplayers to go through and, you know, just double check the costumes and everything. And from what I could see, everything ran fairly smoothly. Um, I never stood in line to get in longer than 15 minutes. So that was impressive. I was impressed with the way that they had uh, solved their security issue. Um, they were a little less stringent on the prop weapons this year than they were last year when they first initiated their security measures. So that was good. Uh, lightsabers were back. You didn't have to have uh, Jedi walking around with a little sign that said, Sith stole my lightsaber. Um, <laughs> so that was nice. Uh, but I, I was actually very impressed, and it meant that, that more of the inside space inside the convention center could be used for convention stuff. You didn't have to have an entire hall taken up by the check-in and registration area. So that was kind of kind of cool. Uh, I, I think they might make a few slight adjustments to this model for next year, but I don't think much will change. So um, I, I was impressed with that. Now, to the actual convention itself. Once I got done with my panel, um, I had a lot of fun. There wasn't uh, too much in the way of Star Wars panels that I attended. There were some other fan panels uh, that looked interesting. One of the panels I wanted to see had Steve Bloom, who voiced Zebarellius, and Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, uh, who voiced Governor Price from Star Wars Rebels. And they had a panel together. Um, so that would have been a really fun panel because they're both voice actors who've worked on a, numerous projects together, including Rebels, and they're actually engaged to be married. So that's kind of funny, too. So I'm sure that would have been a fantastic panel to see. However, it was at the same exact time as my panel, so I missed it, unfortunately. So um, Jeremy Bullock was also there, um, but... Those three are the only Star Wars celebrities, I believe, that were there. There were some Star Wars artists, some Star Wars authors, like um, Mike Stackpole, um, who is a Phoenix native. Um, so he was there. Uh, so, But there wasn't any real big-name Star Wars celebrities uh, that I 
wanted to check out. Like I said, uh, Jeremy Bullock was there. I did not see any of his panels or get his autograph. Um, that was just not my focus. I did, on the last day of the convention, go and get an autograph and photo with Steve Bloom. So Steve is a really nice guy. Uh, I actually went there with the intention of saying hello to him from a friend of the show, Teresa Delgado, who is a friend of his and uh, actually got to be one of his handlers during a convention in Austin that she went to. So she got to know him pretty good. Uh, so she was one of the people that sat at his table with him um, over the weekend um, a couple of different times, I think. So I got to go up there, say hi to him from Teresa he was like, oh my gosh, I miss her so much too. Uh, tell her I said hello. So I did. And Teresa was very grateful. So I just wanted to do a big shout out to Teresa on that. Um, there were some great Star Wars costumes uh, that were out and about. Um, and of course, the 501st Rebel Legion all had their setups, which were pretty cool as always. Uh, the Rebel Legion 501st kind of collaborate in a big area and they have... Um, a cantina setup where you can go up. Uh, and there's a there's were behind the bar. You can get your you know picture with some. They've got some uh, aliens dressed up on like mannequins and stuff like that uh, to help decorate the space. Um, so you can get your picture taken up there. They've got a little table set up where you can get your picture shooting Greedo. Um, They've got a backdrop of the Millennium Falcon in Docking Bay 94, uh, that sort of thing. And then they've got some other uh, things that you can do. There was the trash compactor that you get your picture taken into, in which I did. Uh, there's a big uh, backdrop that looks like a action figure backing, so you can pretend to be an action figure. So I did. I pretended to be, you know, uber geek, uber fanboy. Because uh, I did not go in costume this year. Um, and so that's always a lot of fun going up there. They've got their own segment in what they call the Hall of Heroes, which has all the different costume groups um, and and things like that on one side of the, the room. And then on the other side of the room is where they have the celebrity signings um, and photo ops. So that's, that's kind of a neat area to go and just kind of wander and explore. Um down on the bottom floor is where they have the, ex uh, the exhibit hall, which is where you would find the authors and the artists. Uh, Joey, Kyle, and I actually got to uh, talk with uh, Spencer Brinkerhoff III, who is a Star Wars artist that we've run into before. Um, we had to talk with him a couple of times um, over the weekend. And I, one of my favorite things to do this year was when we went up to some of these artist tables, because we did. We we would just go up and down Artist Alley, uh, looking at all the stuff, see if there was anything new from last year. Uh, but especially when we got to some of these Star Wars artists like uh, Tom Hodges or Katie Cook or Spencer Brinkerhoff, um, it was always one of those things where, so have you seen Solo yet? And most of them said, oh, yes, yes. Um, and so we got to talk about Solo and how excited we were about that, about the cameo, you know, of Darth Maul uh, and some of the, you know, other things in the movie. So that was that was actually some of my favorite stuff over the weekend was getting to just talk with the artists about 
the movie that we had just seen the night before or a couple of nights earlier, whatever it was. Um, Joey and I did over the weekend, Saturday night, go see Solo again. So that's part of my, you know, Phoenix Comic Fest uh, experiences. Joey and I, um, we got a hotel room together. So we, we were, you know, squared away on that. Um, and on the way back to our hotel Saturday night, we got dinner and then we went and see, saw Solo for the second time, um, which was a lot of fun. So that's part of my overall Phoenix Comic Fest experience. Uh, this year was a lot of fun. Um, I think the, the new model that they have with the security and with, you know, having that all on the outside of the convention center opens up the, the different halls because the Phoenix Comic Fest takes place uh, primarily, the Phoenix Convention Center is divided into three buildings. They've got North, South, and West. Most of it is housed in the North Building which is this, this huge structure, you know, three levels plus the basement downstairs, which is where the exhibition hall, and that kind of goes underneath the whole complex. Um, and then you have a lot of the video gaming stuff, and some of the, the big, and the big, big panel room is in the West Building. And so what having the security set outside of all of that gives a lot more freedom of access, freedom of uh, you know, traffic flow for um, people and attendees to go back and forth between the buildings. Because a lot of times, you know, security would be standing, you know, just inside the doors or you'd have to, you know, you know, they'd have to check, make sure you had your wristband or your lanyard from previous years, um, which they, they had some people doing that as well. But there was a lot more of, oh, you need to go over here if you need to check in. And there was, you know, confusion of traffic um, at certain points with all the security placed outside of all that made for a lot more freedom of traffic flow back and forth between the different buildings and different sections of the convention, which I think worked in its favor. Um, so I'm really looking forward to next year, um, hoping that they get some more star Wars uh, folks in. They did not have any doctor who people, this year, as far as I remember, um, which bummed me out a little bit for my other fandom, but that's not for this podcast. Um, <laughs> but yes, I would definitely, if you are in the Phoenix area or, you know, able to make it out for the Phoenix convention next year, I'd say go for it. Um, I will definitely be doing my best to be there. It's, while it's not the closest convention for me, Tucson Comic Con is, I consider Phoenix Comic Con, Phoenix Comic Fest, or as it's going to be known next year, they've changed the name again on us for next year, Phoenix Fan Fusion, uh, because San Diego Comic Con is suing anybody with the name Comic Con in their title. Um, it seems. Um, I consider that to be kind of my home convention, which is, you know, kind of funny because I have to drive an hour and a half just to get there. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's a really big convention as far as the amount of people. It's one of, I think it's in the top 10 conventions in the country as far as size. Um, and they, as far as I've seen, have not uh, announced the total number of people that were there this year. 
but I would guess it's probably in the seventy to 80,000 people uh, range. So it was a lot of fun. The space is big enough that it doesn't feel too crowded. Um, so that's really good, unless you're, of course, you're trying to get through security. But like I said, even on a busy day, trying to get into security, I spent 15 minutes tops in that line. So I was really great, grateful for that. Um, especially when I was trying to rush in Friday morning to get to the panel, um, in order to, uh, be there on time. And I was actually the first of the three panelists to get there. So, um, I managed to squeak in rather quickly. Um, the panel itself went really well. Uh, we had a jam-packed room. We filled every single chair. We had to have people scooch in, make room for people standing in the back. Um, and we still had people standing in the back. Uh, people would walk in and leave because they couldn't sit down. Um, we were in one of the smaller rooms because we didn't get the submission in on time. Uh, but hopefully next year we will remedy that. So we can accommodate more people next time. But... Uh, even a smaller room seats, I think, about 100, 120 people. So the panel was a great success. Uh, we had some great conversation with people before and after the panel um, about all sorts of different things uh, involving Star Wars. So well-attended panel, well-interacted uh, panel with the audience. Uh, some familiar faces uh, yet again, and it's always nice to see them, but it's always wonderful to see uh, new faces as well. So um, it was a really well done panel. Joey, Kyle, and I had a blast doing it, and of course, we're going to play that right after I'm done here. I'm going to wrap this up. I would say Phoenix Comic Fest 2018 was a success overall. As far as Star Wars is concerned, not the biggest year I've had at this convention, but it was a fun year nonetheless. Um, so I will definitely be looking forward to next year. I keep saying they should get more star Wars voice actors. So, uh, whenever they ask for, you know, who would you like to see? I always say more star Wars. Um, but we'll see what happens for next year. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for some, some cool people next year, but I, I can never know. Um, I don't have an in. But that's going to wrap up my discussion here. Stay tuned after I, I wrap for the panel itself. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We do go just over an hour on the panel because um, thankfully the way that they have it set up is you have a half an hour offset for panels between um, the different uh, panels, so you don't have them running up one right after the other at the you know on the hour. There's a half an hour gap between panels, so you have one from 10:30 to 11:30, one from noon to one, 1:30 to 2:30, and so forth. So in each room, so that's a great setup. So we were able to go over just a little bit, uh, but as you will see, we kind of needed to with all the stuff we wanted to talk about and wanted to fit into the panel. So. I'm going to go ahead and stop talking. I'm going to wrap this up and let you listen to the panel audio, uh, which I hope you have as much fun with it as we did uh, delivering the panel, uh, uh, listening to it as we did delivering it. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> so uh, if you want to 
join the conversation, weigh in on anything you heard in this panel, or just talk to us about what you're thinking on Star Wars, be sure to uh, hit up our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Wampas Lair podcast. Uh, you can tweet at us at at Wampas Lair uh, or email us at Wampas Lair podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to contact, reach out to us in any way. Um, I'm trying to be a little bit more active with our Twitter account. If you see things, you know, me tweeting things that aren't linked back to our Facebook page because our Facebook is linked to our Twitter. If you see things that aren't linked back to Facebook, that's going to be me tweeting. So if you're curious about, is it Carl or Jason on Twitter? It's Jason. And I'm doing my best to get a little bit more involved out there in the Twitter sphere. So it's hard because I'm not used to it, but I'm getting better. Um, (laughs) Anyway, that's going to wrap up this episode. This has been episode number 288. Phoenix Comic Fest 2018. For Carl, who's not here, I'm Jason. We'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. Stay tuned for the panel. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Welcome, everybody, to the uh, Friday at Phoenix Comic Fest, uh, bright and early, 10.30 in the morning. Yeah. We got a nice full room in here. Thank you for kicking off your convention with us today. Yes. What better way to start off the day than with Star Wars? Exactly. Exactly. Every day should start with Star Wars, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, (laughs) We are going to be talking about Solo and the future of Star Wars, as the slide says there. Uh, And uh, we're going to also, you know, like I said, we're not going to get to the spoilery parts and until the end. There will be warnings. Yes, you we will, will be try to warn you as much as possible. But there's so much Star Wars coming up in the next few years that has been announced. And there have been some very strong rumors in the past few days as well. Uh, it's that, like they knew we were doing this panel and gave us more information. Exactly. Yeah, they're it like, happened. good luck cramming all this into an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like, try this now. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, first of all, let's start with introductions. Let's start way over here to my left. Sure. Uh, my name is Kyle Avery. Um, I am one of the hosts of Star Wars The Saga Continues, and we're a podcast that talks about a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about this morning. Um, we focus mainly on the upcoming Star Wars movies, um, TV shows, other projects like that, and just kind of all the, we follow all the rumors and the leaks and all that kind of stuff of like um, all the, the big upcoming um, movies and stuff. So uh, very similar to what we're going to be talking about this morning, except sometimes we tend to go on for like three or four hours and just talk about everything so. how long was your last jedi one oh, again oh gosh yeah our last jedi review was six hours yeah a six-hour podcast <laughs> just to give you an idea of how long that, that goes was by months. far our longest one. yes normally for us a long episode is like three hours <laughs> Jason. that's a lot that is um <laughs> hi i'm jason hunt i'm uh, one of the co-hosts of the wampas lair podcast we are a discussion-based podcast we don't necessarily follow the news uh specifically but we'll talk about it when something big comes up uh, we do a lot of top five lists, character discussions, things like that. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and this podcast is being recorded and will make its appearance on the show. Or this panels will be on the podcast, too. So if you miss any of it or want to come back and visit it later, you can do it there. Um, but, yeah. All right. And you are? 
And my name is Joey Letson. Uh, I, nice to meet you. Thank, nice to meet you too. Yeah, we've done this about six times. Um, oh. No, but um, I host a podcast called the Animani Cast, which is actually a podcast dedicated to animaniacs and discussing each of the episodes as they get released. But we also have like. We've had the creator of the show, Tom Ruger, on many times, and uh, Randy Rogel and some of the writers and stuff. So uh, we're all part of the RetroZap network, which is a whole Star Wars pop culture thing. And, of course, we can't help but talk about Star Wars like literally every episode of Animaniacs, which makes no sense when you think about it, but it makes sense for us at the time. Uh, <laughs> but let's go ahead and get into discussion of... Solo. We. Uh, how many people? Just as a show of hands, or a, this is an. Uh, we're recording this, so for an audio wave, make a woo if you saw Solo yesterday or before. Woo! That's Raise about, your hands too, so we can see. Yeah. That's about yeah, about a, a quarter, maybe a quarter, yeah, quarter, a third, a quarterish. Okay. Okay. So this just you know we just saw it. I, Jason and I saw it last night at seven. Kyle, you just got yeah. from. The, I had a high school graduation last night, so I went to the movie afterwards at eleven. Yeah. Got home at two a.m. and I'm still here. So. So we have fresh thoughts on the film. Let's go ahead and talk. Fresh, delirious thoughts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk. Sleep derived thoughts. Exactly. Let's go ahead and get to. Our, our general non-spoilery thoughts of the film. Gentlemen, what do you guys think? Well, for those of you who are interested, uh, Solo is all about young Han Solo. Takes place about 10 years before the original movie, about 10 years before um, A New Hope. So this is kind of how Han Solo becomes the charming smuggler that we all know and love. So um, there's a... So great cast of characters. We got Chewbacca, you got Lando obviously in there, so there's some fun interactions uh, there, but um, we didn't bring the trailer this time. No, we did not bring the trailer this time because I wanted to get, we have just too much stuff to go over. That's true, but it's a, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. It's really difficult talking non-spoilery stuff right now because uh, well, yeah. I want to. But well, I mean, just overall in general, like, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It wasn't perfect. Um, I would say, honestly, out of all the new Star Wars movies, this one might be my least favorite, but only because the story feels like the least sort of impactful. Like, it's just this heist film about Han and a bunch of smugglers going to steal some stuff, and he meets Lando, and he meets Chewie, and he gets the Millennium Falcon. Um, it's not like a big epic story with big, you know, ramifications for like the future of the galaxy. And there's no lightsaber duels. There's no epic space battles or anything like that. But there's a lot of fun moments and a lot of fun action. So I'm not saying it's bad. Like I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's a different type of Star Wars movie. It's mm -hmm. very sort of poppy summer blockbuster, I guess. It's a um, lot of fun. It's yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a blast. It's a lot of so, fun. So, yeah, I, I'm not saying anything bad about it. Like, no, it's not just, at all. Don't go into it with huge expectations, but it's very cool to see, like, just the first, the, the first time interactions of these characters. Like, the moment where Han first meets Chewie and where he first meets Lando and where you see the Millennium Falcon revealed for the first time. There's just some really cool moments in there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I went in with, uh, I think, moderate expectations. I mean, a, few, a year or two ago, I mean, I was like, a solo film? Who cares about that? Give me the Kenobi film you know i want that <laughs> uh so going and going going into this and going oh, alden and i can't kind of looks like han a little bit i mean i guess i mean but harrison ford is han solo like indiana jones and everything so how could you ever replace this guy and i think alden ehrenreich did a fantastic job actually yeah. i mean he doesn't do a han Solo. he doesn't try to go how's it going anything like that he doesn't he doesn't do the harrison grumble he doesn't at all he but he does a good harrison point every now and then which is good he does do the pointing well and he does do the you know the 
the, the hands, the on, hands the on the hip and the, and the and against the Millennium Falcon cockpit doors or whatever. And um, he's he, playing Han Solo. He's not playing young Harrison Ford. Right. So. And that's the thing. At the end of it, I was like, I learned more about Han Solo and I liked the character of Han Solo more. Which I think was good. I think it added to his character in, in a positive way, yeah. uh, and just and even finding connections that he would. This isn't you know going to spoil anything, but connections that he would have to future characters that he would meet and stuff. I, I, mm-hmm. I thought was was nice to see. So, and of course, Donald Glover. I mean, my wife is not here today, <laughs> but she wanted me to make sure that she that I said uh, that she thinks Donald Glover is awesome. Because she loved Donald Glover. She's like, where's Donald Glover? Is he coming back on now soon? Or whatever. <laughs> so, I so, can attest to this. I, I sat next to them in the theater, and oh my gosh, all she talked about was Donald Glover. Yes, exactly. So, And he does a fantastic job as, uh, as Lando and everything. And of course, uh, Kira right there uh, is the mysterious, beautiful uh, Kira, like a you know, love interest for Han Solo. And, uh, but so much more. But so much more. Mm-hmm. And we'll leave it, leave at, it that. at that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, I mean, there were a lot of, um, you know, you had Kira, you had Beckett, who's Han's kind of smuggler mentor guy, mm-hmm. um, and some other new characters introduced. And, I mean, they were all kind of fun in their own way and served their purpose in the story. But I think, for me, like, hands down, the best parts of the movie and when it was firing on all cylinders was when it was Han, Chewie, and Lando and any interactions between those three. Absolutely. Um, and like you guys were saying, I think... Uh, like, I, I was m- probably most looking forward to, like, just seeing Chewbacca again in this movie and then seeing Donald Glover's performance as Lando. I didn't have super high expectations for Alden Ehrenreich's performance as Han, but I would say he definitely surpassed my expectations in that role. And all three of them just, I mean, that was what made the movie right mm-hmm. there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, that was definitely the highlight. Yeah, for me. and Woody Harrelson is Beckett. You, I, I know that some people are like, well, I just... Whenever they, see Woody, Woody, whenever they see Woody Harrelson, they think, well, I can't see him as anything else than Woody Harrelson. I think as Beckett, he did a really good job. And um, without getting again into spoilers things right now, I think this is probably the most fanboy or fangirly Star Wars movie to date in many ways. Like there are, if, sure. if you know yeah. your Star Wars, there are Easter lo- eggs galore the, in the yeah. in the di- and mostly in the dialogue. I mean, yeah. I think I, a lot of times, like I find myself, you know, when I'm watching a Star Wars film, I'm watching the foreground and the background constantly. Do what aliens do I see? Do I, do I see any? And there are a couple familiar aliens that we did not see in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi that yes, I was going, why yeah. do I have to see the same like weird-looking alien? Like, where are my Rodians or Twi'leks or Twi'leks, however you want to pronounce them? Where are they? And They're here. And, and, we, get them, and we get them in, in, a little bit in the background. We're getting a nice mixture of the old and new finally in this one, which is cool. But like I said, there's, there's um, some out, <laughs> outright like, here you go, here you go, geeks. Here you go. Here's, yeah. a, here's, your, oh, yeah. here's your little Star yeah, Wars part, thing. Lots of little connective uh, tissue but, to some of the other Star Wars material, whether it be like the TV shows and stuff, just name drops and things that, I mean, wouldn't even be huge spoilers if we mentioned them. But, it, no. I mean, it's nice to, to be surprised by those. Exactly. When they movie. say it, you go, oh, did they say Yeah. Oh, they it's something, that's that's cool. Cool. It's yeah, something that's that awesome. for the casual moviegoer isn't going to be that big a oh, deal. But as right, a Star right, Wars right. fan, you're like, oh, cool, it's that thing. And it all connects with the thing. So you could really, I really got the sense from seeing this movie that the Lucasfilm story group, through working with the the writers uh, Lawrence and John Caston really did a great job of melding things together and you could you know a lot of times people th- think you know oh it's you know Disney's you know it's marvelization of Star Wars and everything like that this particular movie really felt like George Lucas had like if George Lucas were to make this film he would make 
it very similarly because yeah. it, 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 it makes a bold choice that I think Lucas would do hmm. that a lot of like, you know, executives would say, don't do that. But Lucas would say, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it That's anyway because I'm George Lucas. It's so. an important character. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My friend of mine saw it last night and posted on Facebook that it felt like the original. Yeah, it, it did feel uh, very much like the original. Uh, it, it brings new things to it. Um, it, it again, it's just, it's a good, it's a, it's a good Star Wars film. It's You're going to enjoy Wars yourself. Movie. It's a fun movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. So. Well, I already uh, Basically, Lucas showed up on set and said, "You know, I do it this way, and so we changed the entire script and did it that way." Mm-hmm. There, there's the Ron Howard is probably the best thing that happened to that movie. Yeah, and, and for those of you who are wondering, Ron Howard came in halfway through the production to finish the movie because they fired the original directors. So uh, it does not look or feel like a movie that had directors change midstream. It feels very cohesive, very well put together, and Ron mm-hmm. Howard's probably the best thing that happened to it. So, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, one last thing I guess I'll say before we move on because we have lots of stuff to go over is that the first, you know, there's been some people saying that you know the first act is a little. Some people said clunky. I kind of felt that it was good exposition. It mm-hmm. was a little slower, but it wasn't like bad exposition. It no. wasn't like get on with the action. I was like, okay, this is a little sore, but I'm learning about the characters, why I should care about. Kira, for example. And it pays off. Yeah, exactly. It all, it, it, it builds to, and then you start getting to the middle of the movie, and it's like nonstop. You're Craziness. going place to place to place to place, and it's, it's good stuff. Yes, sir. Just a quick add-on to that. It's funny that you mentioned the director change, because I didn't, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking myself after that movie that the first act was a little clunky, or however you want to describe it. Um, I know they don't shoot movies. In, in order, right. if you were to say that and that happened to be how it was, it'd be like, oh, well, maybe that does make sense. They, they got fired very late on in the process. Like my, I, I think they were like I think they were 76 for 90%. They were like a month or two from wrapping up, they, right? Yeah, they had been shooting for a while. And um, they had to cut like uh, characters out completely and re- reassign them. There yeah. was, uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name. I just know him from Boardwalk Empire, Chalky White. I forget his name. But, uh, but he's, he was playing one of the, the main characters. And uh, Kira's boss, basically, I think, yeah. who got recast. So, yeah, and it was like going to be a whole stop motion or not stop motion, but motion capture character. Mm -hmm. And they basically said, well, now we don't have time to do that anymore. And now we have to recast it and do those scenes all over again and do. But yeah, but Ron Howard's been very like fair. He 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 will not say, well, it's this much me and this much them. He'll he'll kind of say it's kind of a mishmash of it. And uh, the original directors, I think, got like a executive producer credit. They yeah uh, they did. On, on the movie, so they still get they did some scenes. Real quick, um, if you have a open seat next to you, please raise your hand. We got some people standing in the back. Yeah. So uh, if you need some seats, folks, come or if you guys maybe seat. if you have empty seats in the middle, if you don't mind just kind of squeezing in, right. that would be great. Something like that. We got some seats in the front here. Well, we will revisit solo in uh, at the end for some end of the panel discussion. And uh, um, for those of you who wish to stay, but we've got other things we need to talk about. Absolutely. Let's, let's go ahead and first talk about episode nine, which will be coming out December 20th, 2019. So Colin Trevorrow uh, is no longer on the project. Yeah, he, he uh, left for uh, 
creative differences, yeah. right, in the early pre-production of it. So uh, no real, of course, we don't know why. I mean, they just the story that Colin wanted to tell was different than the story that Lucasfilm wanted to tell. Uh, so he's, so J.J. Abrams is back, steps back in he's to wrap up the trilogy right there. wrap up the, the sequel trilogy uh, mm-hmm. for episode nine. So this, all we know is that it's coming out. Uh, at the end of 2019, and they're going to be starting filming here in the next couple months. Yeah, and yeah, the summer. summer yeah, summer. So, so. The script, yeah, script's done. They're they're doing the the, the movie this summer. No real uh, huge rumors about even locations necessarily. I mean, it's been kind of uh, well. Most of the Star Wars rumors we'll get into in a little bit has been about uh, the upcoming future projects, not necessarily Episode Nine right now. There's just so much going on. Remember right. when Episode Seven was about to come out? We we had a lot of the stuff like two years before it even came out. Like a lot of the, the, the rumors and everything. Exactly, it was crazy. Now there's just so much that we don't have time for rumors for Episode Nine. But let's go <laughs> now that. Uh, uh, Abrams and his uh, writing partner, Chris Terrio, uh, wrote the script. Um, guys, let's just talk about some of our thoughts about some of the things that might happen in this last part of the trilogy. Episode 9 is going to have a huge task to wrap up what's going on with the sequel trilogy. Um, there's just so much that's happening between Force Awakens and The Last Jedi that there's a lot that they have to do. And I hope I think J.J. Abrams is probably the only guy who can come close to getting everything done that they need to get done. I just don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm going to try and enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it anyways. So it's going to be a fun ride. Um, I'm just glad I don't have to be in his shoes yeah. mm-hmm. making these choices and <laughs> figuring out how to fit everything into the movie that you need to. So uh, there's just a lot, and I'm really hoping he can pull it off. I Fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything, you know, but I'm, I'm a little nervous. To be perfectly honest, but I'm hopeful. So, Kyle? Yeah, I... Gosh, we could take up a whole hour-long panel just talking about The Last Jedi and speculating on where that leaves off and what things are going to happen going forward into Episode Nine. But, I mean, as far as personal sort of speculation and things that I'm hoping for, I think this is going to take place at least, like, three to five years after The Last mm-hmm. Jedi. I think they should give it a little time space in there. Um, and what I really want to see is just like all out war between the resistance and the first order. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because the first couple movies, I mean, we've seen the resistance just on their heels so much. Like mm-hmm. the first movie, they were just kind of a small band of resistance fighters. So by the end of the last Jedi, they get their butts kicked and they're dwindled down to like enough people that you can fit on the millennium Falcon and they've got no ships left and whatever, but they talk about, you know, Luke lighting the spark of hope, um, and kind of leave it on an optimistic note, um, that, makes you think, you know, that you can see possibilities for where this could go in the future and that this rebellion is going to rise back up. So I want to see them instead of trying to still take those baby steps, like let's just set it a few years in the future, show how that spark has built up to this, uh, a bigger rebellion. And let's just see like a big epic showdown. And of course with Carrie Fisher, she was, you know, they were planning originally to have her have a much, a a big, big part in episode nine. Right. Now with, now with her passing, do you guys think they're going to recast Leia? Do you think they're just going to say, well, it's been five years later and Leia's dead? I, what do you think? What would you prefer? Oh. I would prefer the latter. Um, and again, I mean, I, I think that's another reason why it'd be a good idea to set it a few years on in the future. Um, because it would be perfectly plausible to say, like, 
you know, we already knew Leia was aging. And I even think I heard, oh, somebody was telling me that in a comic or something, she told, like, in one of the Poe Dameron comics, mm-hmm. set, like, I guess a, a recent issue was set, like, after The Last right. Jedi, and she tells him that she's dying of, like, I don't know, radiation poisoning or something from the when she got sucked into space. Mm. Um, I don't know. I haven't actually read that. That's what I heard. But, um, I mean, that certainly could. Yeah, I do know that the Poe Dameron comics are, are now, they they. They went to after the last Jedi, so that would be definitely a comic to, to interesting. pick up. I yeah, I haven't read the past what I would prefer. <laughs> what I would prefer is just Leia. Can we just have Leia? Yeah, please? can she be back? I, well, Lucasfilm has said that they're <laughs> Lucasfilm has said that they, I mean they're not going to CGI uh, Leia like they did with uh, Peter Cushing or anything. Uh, goodness knows they they could probably perfect it and get it done right. Uh, it's I think without a doubt. We could say that Luke's probably going to be back, though, right? I mean, Force Ghost, yeah, they're, yeah they're Force Ghost. It would be kind of silly to if to they didn't, especially when Luke says to to Kylo at the end, "See you around, kid." Exactly, you know, yeah. like. Okay, we'll see you around, Luke. <laughs> um, but we can hope, uh, and, and especially since Carrie has passed, they they want to have that connection to the original mm-hmm. three and that sort of thing. So you, I think it's a pretty safe bet to assume Luke's coming back as a Force ghost. So when it so. comes to Kylo. Uh, how does that kid? How would you? Mess. Look, yeah, he is. He is a mess <laughs> because, of course, you know, we we get the big uh, monkey wrench thrown in of like, you know, here's your chance in the second movie to redeem yourself. Nope, I'm not going that way. Right? Huh? What? Um, Kill your master is, and take over in the second movie? What? Exactly. You got it. So, but now that he's like thoroughly said, like, no, I'm I'm my own man right now. I'm going to be the dark side, dark side forever, dark side for life. Uh, sure. What What do you guys think? Is he still redeemable in any way? I mean, is he still well, unbalanced enough to be? Luke redeemed? says no one is ever truly gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think there's still a chance. I'm not sure it's likely though. I don't think it's likely either. But there is one small scene that makes me still think that there's a slight possibility there. And I mean, like you said, coming out of Force Awakens, there were a lot of people that were like, "Oh, he killed his father. He's irredeemable. He's evil. He's the villain. That's it." And I was like, "Nah, I think he's still unbalanced enough that like maybe we'll see that he killed his father and he regrets it or something like that." I thought there was definitely still room for a redemptive story arc there. But then when it comes to The Last Jedi, when he turns on Snoke, he joins forces with Rey, they fight all Snoke's guards, and when the dust settles, Rey's like, come join me, come back to the Jedi, and he's like, nah, I'm taking the throne, I'm taking over the First Order, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I want the ultimate power. I was like, okay, that's it. Now that's him stepping over the precipice that he's not coming back from. But there's a small moment at the end of the movie after... Um, like after the the fight with Luke, after he the First Order invades the base, and he goes into that room with uh, you know with all the stormtroopers, and he has that last mind connection with Rey as she's mm-hmm. getting on the Millennium Falcon, and she shuts the door and kind of shuts him out, right. and he finds the uh, Han's dice on the floor, and those disappear from his hand because that was part of Luke's illusion. And there's just a brief shot where he's just kind of crouching on the ground by himself, just kind of looking down, and he's got this. I mean, maybe it's me reading too much into it, but he's got this Mm -hmm. very kind of sullen feel of, like, I can almost look at that and picture him going, man, I have everything that I thought I wanted, and I still have nothing that actually matters. And so there could possibly... I mean, they they could maybe explore that. We might go, you know, again, five years in the future or something, find out that he's running the First Order, and that 
you know, it's just not fulfilling for him that he has this mm-hmm. ultimate dark power and it's like, this isn't everything that I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe he'll just be the, the ultimate, you know, bad guy and Ray's going to have to kill him and that's going to be that. But we'll see where they go with it. But I definitely don't think they're done sort of exploring those conflicted emotions with him, whether, no. he, whether he actually gets redeemed or not. Um, I think that's kind of one of the most fascinating aspects of that character is just mm-hmm. that he's always so conflicted and you're always wondering what he's going to do next. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with spending a few years from, from now, if they do do that, be a great opportunity for a few more Force users, perhaps. I don't know. We never know. The Possibly. future the future's brand, you know, wide open for, for J.J. right here, and he could go a lot of different directions to, to wrap it up. The challenge is how do you wrap, wrap it up as much as you can? Because let's face it. They're not going to wrap it up. This stuff's going to go forever. Uh, but uh, this particular storyline, though, I think I don't think they're planning to do ten, eleven, twelve anytime soon. Yeah. If they do it, so mm-hmm. it's going to have to have some semblance of an ending. All right. Well, one of the reasons I don't think we'll see ten, eleven, twelve right away is because we do have not just a few spinoff movies uh, coming up, you know, probably in the future, but we also have a brand new trilogy by none other, none other than the director of uh, The Last, Last Jedi, Jedi, Ryan Johnson. So, just a quick note, because yes. I see some hands going up. We will, um, I think we're... Oh, yeah, we're going to loop back to questions. 40 minutes or so and then take like 10 minutes. Yeah, to, uh, we're going to loop back to questions in just a little so. bit. We have just so much yeah. to go over. We want to make sure we get through it. Um, so, new trilogy created by Ryan Johnson. This is... Uh, going to be set uh it's totally separate from the episodic skywalker saga yep uh it's new characters it says new characters from a corner of the galaxy that star wars lore has never before explored which makes me go okay so There's different time period different, different time day. different area i mean my suspicion especially given his proclivities in the last jedi is it's early jedi stuff Mm-hmm. That's my that's my guess is we're going to get some you know, maybe not the beginning of the Jedi Order but early Jedi stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm still hoping for Yoda at 200. Um, <laughs> That'd be awesome. So when he's a spry young fella, I want with hair and yeah. a beard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean I, that would make sense for it to be early Jedi stuff, especially if Ryan Johnson came up with kind of this idea while making The Last Jedi, which the has a lot Jedi of deal Jedi text and the first Jedi temple and all this yeah. kind of stuff, that that would kind of like mix up some things. He's going to be directing the first one in this trilogy. The other two may not be directed by him, he's, but he's like, I believe he's overseeing the whole trilogy. He's yeah. not necessarily directing all of them. So, yeah. uh, you know, very, you know, this news came out before before the last, last Jedi. Jedi came out, yeah, and so and really honestly, there hasn't been much since anything. There hasn't been anything since so. other than that. So uh, let's uh, let's go to the next one because this is you know an, yet another <laughs> a new series of Star Wars films. It doesn't say trilogy. It just says a new series of Star Wars films uh, written by uh, you know or being for. Created. Overseen, I guess I should say, by David Benioff and D.B. Weiss uh, from uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, I myself am not, I haven't watched any Game of Thrones. I know, Kyle, you've, you've been, you're Yeah, you're please enlighten us because we are Game of Thrones illiterate at this end of the table. Well, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that part. Um, I know that's a joke. It, I am super excited for this. Um, Game of Thrones is just so 
rich in lore and um, I mean obviously it's adapted from novels that George R.R. R. Martin wrote so it's not like these guys came up with the whole idea and stuff themselves but I think they've done an awesome job translating that into a really uh, fascinating TV show um, and so I'm really excited to see what they can do with a Star Wars movie um, or a series of Star Wars movies and I, I hope that also kind of like they were talking about with Ryan Johnson I would love to see these guys just kind of carve out their own corner of the Star Wars universe that hasn't really been explored before mm-hmm. maybe introduce some new aspects of like maybe a new kind of force user or just some history of the Jedi or Sith or whatever that you know has not really been touched and just like dig their claws into it and give us some really rich you know backstory and new mythology and all that kind of stuff i think that'll be uh really cool to see what those guys can do with that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. jason what do you think what would you like to see in a new series of films Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Knights of the Old Republic is something a lot of people have been saying that yeah. they've been clamoring for something pre-Jedi, something early Jedi. And honestly, I think that would make sense, right? Yeah, yeah. but I but I think that's what Ryan Johnson's doing. And so right. I don't know about these guys. I mean, I I have I'm not familiar with them at all. I'm not familiar with their work. I just want something good. You know, yeah. I'd be perfectly honest. I, I I there's such a wide variety of things that they could do mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I you know I, until I hear more about what it is it might be I really I'm just like yeah the, the cool. door the door is wide open at this point but I will say between the these, these two trilogies or series or whatever between these guys and Ryan Johnson like I really want somebody to tackle some like historical lore kind of stuff like ancient Jedi ancient Sith um, because like you said Ryan Johnson I think would be great to tackle the mythology of the ancient Jedi just because that was kind of touched upon in the last Jedi but then with these guys I think especially if there was like like some ancient war between the Jedi and the Sith which again mm-hmm. we've kind of heard hinted at in some of the the TV shows and things like that like especially in Star Wars Rebels they go to Malachor and talk about you know this history of like an ancient battle oh yeah the they Jedi show that the battle That'd yeah be awesome and Kane and even Kane and even mm-hmm. name drops like the Mandalorian Wars at one point and so to have yeah. these guys tackle some of that kind of stuff and do like a you know, just a, a epic war movie um, that's like ancient Jedi and Sith going at it, I think would be just right in their wheelhouse. Absolutely. You got me excited now for that idea. Okay, <laughs> cool. All right. Well, it's not just movies, however. Uh, no. Be- because uh, while the, Re- uh, the series Rebels just wrapped up recently in an epic way, which was... Uh, fantastic. fantastic way and a very and at the same time a very like edgier seat way too it, it wrapped things up and then left you edge your seat of like well now what what happens next well <laughs> dave filoni is is uh behind uh, the new series right here called star wars resistance um this is going to be set in a time prior to the force awakens uh featuring bb8 and quote ace pilots uh, it's going to be appearances by Poe Dameron and Captain Phasma, both voiced by Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie, which that'll be cool. Maybe we'll actually see Phasma do something. That'd be great. Um, uh, Did we say that out loud? Yeah, maybe. Um, but it, Tim is hating us right now. Yeah, my, my co-host Tim like loves Phasma, and so... We make yeah. fun of him. He, he might get his wish finally. Phasma, hey, Phasma was great in the comic book, and she did a little bit more in The Last Jedi, but, yes. you know, but whatever. Before he get, got a sucker punch in. Well, you know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's going to, now there have been some reports that this is going to follow uh, a brand new character. It's not going to really focus around Poe that much. I would think BB-8 might have a 
I mean, uh, reoccurring role in this. It's BB-8. You just throw I mean, BB-8 in yes. there. Kid, kids love BB-8. Get that kid. Get that I mean, I love BB-8. Yeah, exactly. About. Yeah, I so. love them. But it reportedly follows a, a brand new pilot. Some reports are saying uh, the, the pilot's name is Kazuda Shiono. Shiono. It's X-I-O-N-O. Now, if I'm going by, like, Shadows of the Empire Prince Shizor, then it might be Shiono, perhaps. But... We don't know. Who uh, knows how to pronounce any of these until we actually hear them? Yeah, yeah. but there are. It's Star it, Wars. It has I mean, a, even when we hear them, you know, Han, Han, you know, <laughs> depending if you're Lando or everybody else. Exactly. Um, uh, the, but it does have some, uh, some, you know, people that uh, you probably have heard of. Bobby Moynihan is cast in this from Saturday Night Live, of course. Uh, Christopher Sean from Hawaii Five O. Susie McGrath from The Easterners. Scott Lawrence from Avatar. My- Mirna Velasco from Elena of Avalor, Josh Brenner from Silicon Valley, Donald Faison from Scrubs, which I'm sure, I mean, Donald Faison is very open about his Star Wars fandom, so, and so is Bobby Moynihan, so uh, that's a very good choice for those two. Jim Rash, who was the, uh, uh, the superintendent on, uh, I think he was superintendent on Community, I think it was job title, but anyway, he's great, uh, and Rachel Butera from Family Guy. So they're going to be, you know, brand new characters. They have not said what characters they're going to be playing. My guess is they're the ace pilots, or at least the majority of those guys. Yep. Uh, we have a brand new X-Wing. This is literally the only stuff that they've released from Star Wars Resistance is this That's lovely neat. slide. It's coming out this fall. So... Yes, to we, Disney Channel and Disney XD. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, inspired be, by anime. Um, it's going to be more of a 2D animation style, which is different than what they've done um, with Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see something new. And um, it's supposed to take place in the years leading up to The Force Awakens, which is a time period that is wide open with what the heck is going on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking forward to filling up in some of those gaps with mm-hmm. this. So, yeah. And Dave Filoni has not disappointed me yet. So I have confidence in this. Well, he is taking a more of a back. Uh, he's not overseeing it as much as he did the Clone Wars and Rebels, from right. what I understand. He's kind of like, you know, like, hey, guys, have fun over here. Hey, and guys. My guess fun. is he's off directing a Siege of Mandalore movie. Maybe. I know. I don't know if he's directing a movie, but I think he's definitely getting this is this animation project has been started, obviously, all much many months before oh, this yeah. was announced. I think if I were a betting man, I would say that he's probably working on yet probably another animated project for the Disney streaming service, which will be coming out in 2019. This is going to be kind of like the the prep for, you know, kind of the in-between animated project. Or maybe we might have Star Wars Resistance and the other animated project going on at the same time. Yep. There's a strong possibility for it. So, yeah. Uh, Dave Filoni's probably got his fingers in way too many pies, and I'm curious to see what those are. Yeah, so this one I'm, I'm looking forward to. I mean, there's, of course, while it does, you know, it's not as uh, epic as previous animation. I mean, Star Wars Forces of Destiny is, is out right now, which is having a lot of the original voice <laughs> voices from the movies. I mean, Daisy Ridley is as Rey, and uh, you know, uh, Felicity Lupita Jones. Nyong'o. Uh, yeah. Felicity uh, Jones is uh, Jen. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they're collecting these those uh, Forces of Destiny's cartoons also into like half-hour 
bits as well that I've been seeing on the Disney Channel. They oh. work a lot better. In oh, case you're not familiar, Forces of Destiny is something that Star Wars usually premieres on YouTube, and it's meant for the younger crowd. Uh, so, the, and the, the they're about five minutes, if it's that. Like, yeah, they're like two to three little <laughs> animated shorts. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you know, so the Star Wars animation is. There's going to be a lot of it in the future. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for Resistance, though, because I think this is... I think it's they've got some good fertile ground there to set up some things that the movies didn't... Kind of The movies kind of glossed over as far as the lead-up to Episode Seven and like just setting up sort of the Resistance and the First Order and the the history of that conflict and kind of what the... Uh, just what the state of the galaxy is during that time period. Um, so I'm excited to get into more of that. And then this also seems like it's going to be a really fun series where it's focused a lot on, like, space battles and action involving yeah. ships and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, Dave Filoni has said that he, one of the major influences of this series has been his grandfather and, I believe, uncle, who both fought or you know worked on the ships, or not ships, but planes in World War II and stuff. So, yeah. he, uh, you know, that being a... You know, which that's good. That's I mean that George Lucas was very influenced by the dogfight footage and everything like that from World War II. So yep. it's it's all circular, cir- circular I should say, it goes in yeah. circles. Um, let's go ahead and go to uh, speaking of Kyle. You're talking about how the First Order was formed, things like that. Uh, John Favreau uh, was uh, is going to be coming out with a new Star Wars live action television series, which will most likely, I believe, it's. I think they've officially said it's going to be on the the streaming app for Disney. I believe so. I think so. Yeah, I don't know if they officially it's not said officially that. said. Everyone's kind of assuming. Everybody's assuming. Yeah, yeah no. because where else would it go? Uh, Disney. In case you didn't uh, know, Disney is uh, coming up with their own uh, streaming app, very similar to Netflix. It's going to have, if not the entire Disney library on it, a very large Disney library, including. Uh, yeah, Bob Iger had said that Star Wars series would be developed for this app yeah. that would be exclusive for the uh, the streaming app, uh, plus uh, you know Marvel other Disney stuff, stuff yeah. and the Marvel stuff. So I mean, you know, it's that's going to be the the thing to get in a few years. But yeah. John well, Favreau, I think, the, I think that streaming service launches next year. Yeah, um, I don't yes. know. I doubt this this uh, series will be ready to go by then. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think they'd want to get it on you know off the ground pretty soon after. So maybe late next year or like sometime in twenty twenty, we might see this yeah well john favreau actually he he approached lucasfilm uh with this idea for the series uh right like as soon as disney bought lucasfilm he was like here's the idea that i have (laughs) and so he's actually written uh i think he said recently four of the episodes already have been written and are ready to go uh the series takes seven takes place seven years after the battle of yavin which uh i believe takes makes it what three years about three years after return of the jedi Yeah. yeah so we're seeing and i believe uh the battle of uh Jakku would be, you know, before before I think before that. Yeah, yeah, this might be right. So in this is like after, after the empire is like officially gone, right? And officially, officially quote. I mean, we're going to see still see remnants, and I think one of those remnants is definitely going to be the formation of the first order. I think we're going to get a lot of those questions. I mean, a lot of people were very turned off of the fact that Snoke. We didn't learn much about him. I think this might be an opportunity. Might be. Uh, an opportunity to find out who he is. I mean, how did how did he come to be? How did he change his name from Darth Plagueis to Snow? <laughs> These are going to be. <laughs> I thought we could get through one panel without you guys bringing up that ridiculous theory. Of course not. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I hate the Snoke is Plagueis theory 
with a fiery burning passion because it's ridiculous and not true. And they make Prove fun it. of me every... Mm, I'm going to strangle you here in front of everybody. You will try. You are tall. I might not be able to reach. I have the high ground. I got the high ground. Uh, but it, it's... Uh, but new characters, um, it's going to be using a lot of the technology that John Favreau used from uh, The Jungle Book, which... Dude, if you could do that kind of stuff in a in a and what he's using with the Lion King. Oh yeah, that's right. So that's why he hasn't started on this yet in full because he's still finishing up the Lion King, the right. live action version of the Lion King. Exactly. So, I mean, John Favreau. I think I think I'm 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 excited for this series. I mean, ever since George Lucas, I mean, had George Lucas was going to be doing this uh, Underworld series uh, before. Uh, selling Lucasfilm to to Disney and just struggled with how do you pay for this movie? I want to I want to make a TV show that looks like a movie every single episode, and you right. just kind of get the mm-hmm. figure out how to get the funding for it right. I think that John Favreau now with technology, they might be able to get something really good together. I'm hoping um, so. And it's in a great time period. I mean, it's it says new characters again. We, you know, but we'll likely see some return. I would characters. love. I mean, you got to put three PO. That's easy to do. Three PO and R two. You know. You know. But let's. Gosh, I would love to see Luke. I mean, it, it's live action, so you'd probably have to recast him. I know a lot of people. Uh, gosh, what's his face who does uh, Winter Soldier? Yeah, Sebastian Stan. Yeah, put him. He as, would be perfect for a young Luke. Put him like, as put him on. as Luke. Especially now that they've already recast Young Han. Yeah, like, I mean, it, come on. It'd be, it'd be a little different since we have seen Luke at that point for Return of the Jedi, but they look very similar. I yeah. mean, uh, if you take away the beard and the shaggy hair, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's a lot of different directions to go. I could, re- I really would look forward to this. Um, but yeah, that's again, that's about all we know from that. That's one, all we right know. Mm-hmm. All we know is that it's coming. Yeah. With a lot of these things. Hey, you got some new stuff. Yeah. Now but wait three or five or ten years before you actually see any <laughs> of it. But it's very exciting to think where we're going to be in just maybe a year or two once, you know, episode nine is right around the corner and we start getting some more announcements and things about these series and TV shows and stuff about just, like, when they're going to take place and when they're coming out and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just going to be so much cool Star Wars content coming out in the future. Well, let's talk about some rumors right now. Because there have been very, not just, I would say not just rumors, but I would say pretty strong rumors. Indications. Yeah, strong indications. One of them, the movies that has been strongly rumored is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Now that's the name I've wanted to see on the big screen for a long time. A long time. time. (laughs) Uh, So... Kenobi, the film. I mean, this has been buzzing a lot in the, in the internets recently, uh, taking place between episodes three and four. Uh, I know TMZ put out a description that looks like they read the back of the book Kenobi and just said, yeah, that's the movie. Because it dealt with like Kenobi, right. like with sand people and a warlord. And I'm like, that was the book Kenobi. I mean, it was a good book. I mean, I like the book, but I mean, guys, really? So I don't know. About <laughs> TMZ needs to get their sources Plot wise, I mean, Ewan McGregor says he's, he's behind it. Oh, yeah. Ewan yeah. wants to play Obi-Wan again. Mm-hmm. So if, if this is indeed happening, Ewan has been waiting to sign the, the contract uh, for years. So <laughs> that's pretty exciting. So we're going to get Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan Kenobi if this is actually real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which there's strong indications that it is. 
fingers crossed. Yeah, it still hasn't been officially announced, but it's not just like kind of mumblings in the rumor mill. It's like this has been reported by like legitimate, like the Hollywood Reporter, Hollywood Reporter, legit like movie Hollywood news sites that are like, yo, this is happening. Yeah, and we're just waiting for the official announcement from Lucasfilm, and it's like, wait, so is this happening? Like, we think it's happening. And when it comes to the Star Wars, you know side of fan reporting uh one website fantha tracks which is actually pretty reputable because a lot of the the writers behind it uh know their stuff uh their sources are saying that pre-production is going on this film right now and that they are going to be filming next year uh like in spring i believe that's Mm. that's what they're reporting that's what they're saying they're pretty reputable. I know one of the guys. Um, I've met him a couple times, Mark Newbold. Mark Newbold yeah. He's a pretty cool guy. He's a very honest guy. So I'm, you know, if he's saying yes, then he believes his sources. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I've got big hopes for this. This is actually going to happen. And so. Ewan McGregor was at the solo premiere too. So, I mean, granted, he is going to be in a Disney film, the, the uh, Christopher Robin movie this summer. So that could have been the reason why Disney wanted him to be here. But he's also, also an old Star Wars guy. So they bring a whole bunch. Of yeah. Yeah. Here, so. so we'll see. But it was it was uh, I'm very excited for this film. This is the this yes, is this, the spinoff yes. that I'm perhaps most excited to see. I think this is the one yeah. I've wanted from the beginning. So I'm really hoping it actually happens. Yeah, and I don't even know what the story would be, but just to see Ewan McGregor back in that character, like, I'll take any excuse for that. Yes. Yes, please. My my advice to Disney would be, do it. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, this is the story that just was yesterday. The Hollywood reporter was like, this is going on. Entertainment Weekly uh, confirmed it with their sources as well. They're saying the Boba Fett spinoff is happening. And uh, the Hollywood Reporter is saying that James Mangold, uh, who directed uh, Logan, Walk the Line, 310 to Yuma, he's uh, you know, going to be directing this. Uh, and uh, it's going to be co-written and produced by uh, Simon Kinberg. Uh, this movie has been long rumored. I About mean, as long as Kenobi has been rumored. Yeah, yeah, I would even say even before it, actually. Well, I think even longer, because I don't think this was ever confirmed. But remember, there was around the time that Rogue One came out, there was another Star Wars spinoff that was in uh, development, basically, which was being directed by Josh Trank, who, of course, directed the Fantastic Four movie that flopped, and then he got fired from Star Wars. Um, and that movie got pushed to the back burner, but that was supposed to be the one that actually would have come out this year. It right. was going to be the next spinoff after Rogue One. And there are a lot of unconfirmed r- reports and rumors and whatnot um, after the fact Fett. saying that he was working on a Boba Fett movie and that they basically had to put that one on the back burner, you know, retool it, get a new director, all this stuff involved. So, um, again, nothing confirmed here from Lucasfilm. And even though this is coming from all these, you know, reputable sources that are reporting it. These are the same guys that reported on the Kenobi movie saying this is definitely happening and we still haven't gotten confirmation on that yet. But I find this very believable. Um, and Especially I mean, I think, in light of what happened with Solo. Because yeah. there are characters mm-hmm. that could definitely show up in a Boba Fett they movie. Could make a Bo- they could make the Boba Fett movie a, essentially a sequel to Solo if they, they could, wanted yeah. to. And you know, one thing I was going to say about Solo, too, I had heard rumors ahead of time that they kind of were setting that up for like, 
potential future mm-hmm. solo spinoffs that Alden Ehrenreich had signed on to do three movies. Yes. And I was like, oh gosh, don't give us more Han Solo. Like it's more original trilogy characters, like branch out, do some new stuff. I was going to be disappointed if they did that. After seeing the movie, I'm like, I'm on board. Give Me us more too. Han, more totally Chewie, expand the universe, bring in more, you know, Jabba and Boba Fett and all that. Yeah. Um, let's I'm, do it. So. I'm totally with you in that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And Alden Ehrenreich did confirm uh, that he, they did sign him for three movies. Uh, that doesn't mean they're going to make three solo films. Yeah. That just means he, you know, hey, if we, you know, if we want to, we'll make more with you. Right, uh, right. Because so. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Felicity Jones also signed on to do three movies as Jen, mm-hmm. and they were like, eh, never mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that ended really quick. Um, so, well, but we know they're not going to kill off Han. Well, we're going to be getting to again, again, <laughs> again. yes. We're, we're coming into our last fifteen minutes, so um, as we do, we're going to get into some questions, and then we're going to have some time for a spoilery kind of time. So at this point, uh, any you know, questions before we get not pertaining before we to get solo. to our spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Before we get to that, we're going to get <laughs> some of our questions. So, if that's, you have not perfect. seen it's question, Solo, it's a question mark. If you have not seen Solo, and for those of you walking out, thank you guys for being fantastic audience members. Thank you for stopping by, everybody. You're awesome. So, you're awesome. Have a great con, and may the force be with you. And while you guys are, while half the audience or more is leaving, <laughs> for those of you who are left. Uh, let's let's uh, let's fill up the, the 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 walkout time with some questions. Let's start in the back with the blue shirt, please, sir. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His uh, Leia probably would have played a big role um, with Kylo. Whatever Kylo uh, was going to do with episode in Episode Nine uh, before uh, in the original uh, versions of whatever the script was. But um, I, I still think there's room for him to be redeemed. I just don't know if he wants to be. Is the big question. So mm-hmm. man, it looks like Thanos snapped in here. I know half the eyes. <laughs> Good one. Took you took a second for <laughs> Good one, Kyle. Uh, all right. Uh, let's start with you, sir. Uh, more of a comment because obviously JJ Abrams is going to be directing episode nine, and my when I first heard that I was kind of worried because episode seven was almost a carbon copy of episode four. Hmm. So I was really worried that episode nine was going to be almost exactly. You know, the storyboard-wise was the exact same, just insert different characters. Um, but with what Brian Johnson did with episode eight, I think it's going to be really hard for JJ. Yeah. Well, I, Force Awakens is the greatest hits from the original yeah. trilogy. It's mm-hmm. like it's got you know four, five, and six all smushed together. Yeah. But it also introduces new elements, and it does that. Um, I think J.J. had an idea of where the trilogy would have gone um, moving forward. I think Ryan changed some of that, which is why I think he's got a big task to finish it up. But because he has been involved with the trilogy, trilogy thus far, mm-hmm. um, to the extent he has, I think, I think we're in pretty good hands. Yeah, because J.J. Yeah. produced, helped produce episode eight and everything, yeah, too. Like so it's not like he was out of the loop on the, the story elements that were going on. I mean, he would, he would be like, oh, okay. Um, yes, sir. Uh, 
Okay, two things. First, I think they they made a mistake. They had plenty of time. Uh, Carrie Fisher died a year before Last Jedi came out. They should have just had her die off and, and rewrite the thing so that Luke survives and to episode nine. Mm -hmm. You're talking about the outside trail, the, the 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 outside trilogy. I'm thinking you're talking about underground. I was thinking like. Boardwalk Hut Empire with a little bit of black and brown. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. One of, one of his lieutenants is actually a, a, a intelligence operative for the resistance in the Hut uh, operation as a cover. I think an underworld element in a new trilogy would be fantastic. I mean, if you're going to take elements that George Lucas has already been supervising these scripts for underworld, and uh, they had like a whole season written out, I believe. Uh, you could take some elements from that. I mean, there was a whole video game, 1313, which was scrapped pretty, you know. There's a lot of great stuff that goes on in Star Wars. There's so many different parts, and I think that's a good point. Yes, sir. I don't think Mara Jade will, but there have definitely been some that have come back, um, and I think more. I think we can expect more to keep cropping up in different projects. Yeah, especially with the fact that I mean, in Star Wars Rebels, they brought back uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they'll definitely keep introducing some of those elements and characters and stuff in maybe some of the novels and the the TV shows and stuff like that. But I think there's definitely room to start bringing those into uh, the movies as well. They even brought back Jackson the Green Rabbit into some <laughs> of the recent uh, Star Wars Adventures comic books, which theoretically, well, it doesn't theoretically, it makes him a canon character. So That's weird. You never know when they're, they're going to repurpose these characters. So could they bring Mara Jade back? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it won't be exactly the same character that we know from the books, but it might be a very, very similar character, uh, perhaps. Uh, okay, uh, I'll let you... The, yes, the, the lady right there, yes. Ladies first. Do you think we'll ever see an R-rated Star Wars movie? Mm. An R-rated no. one? Uh, no. A pre-Disney buyout? Maybe. Yeah, I think Underworld, a lot of people were saying, was going to be kind of like a, that. I mean, and then you had like books like Death Troopers, which was very like hard R. Like it was gross zombie Star Wars. It's a great book if you haven't read uh, uh, Death Troopers. But um, now I don't think so. I mean, oh, yeah, I definitely don't think so, especially with since they're doing a movie series like it it would be different if they were maybe doing a, a ser like a tv series for the streaming service but i think star wars just has such a huge built-in audience and it's seen as something that is like generational and passed down by families and stuff i don't think you're ever going to see a whole lot of you know blood and gore or nudity or luke dropping a, dropping f-bombs or anything like that so. they get close to certain elements of that actually like they if star wars does anything well they do they they skirt the edge of of innuendo and a little bit of adult stuff, and they do it a little bit in solo, a yeah. little bit with language, a and a little bit, bit with a but little bit with sexuality, a little bit. But it's, but it's definitely it not any cross sort of wink, yeah. wink, nod, nod. Yeah, it, not anything We're not going to get anything. I, I really because of the the whole aspect that Star Wars is a family yeah. affair. I really don't think they're going to financially cut off such a big part of their audience for one, and just because of the way that everything is set up as as a family experience, I don't think we're going to see an R-rated Star Wars anything, unless it's going to be a novel or something like that, but uh, nothing, nothing in the theaters. 
think yeah. that uh, just because it's Star Wars, no, but not because of Disney, because yeah. we had Deadpool 2 come out after post-Disney, so... Right, yeah. But again, I think even in that case, like if Di- if Disney owned Marvel ahead of time, like or if Disney owned that branch of Marvel and that property before the first Deadpool, I don't know that Disney would have let them do that. No. But because they had already come out with the first one, and not to mention, yeah, yeah I don't the the whole Disney Fox merger isn't officially it's not official as, far as I, mean, I know. Yeah, um, but I think because Deadpool is already a thing and because it's already so popular and got such a huge built-in audience, they're not going to go ahead and just cut that off. But I don't think they're going to like. Go ahead and branch into that with Star Wars. And we'll go with one last question, sir. Yes. So I really liked The Last Jedi, but um, the, the Snoke, I thought it was, it was just a big hole in that. Uh, leading up to it, you know, who is he, what's the past, what's the connection to the whole thing. Hmm? Um, I'm sort of assuming that they're going to fill that hole at some point, you know, two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now. What, what sort of media do you think that they would do? Do you think that would be... Um, I, my inclination is is probably going to be told a little bit in resistance. We might get hints of that, of him in resistance. Um, maybe even like you said in the John Favreau TV, I think likely Snoke will be fleshed out in television or books books. Um, I mean, it's always easy comics, you know, it's the cheapest way to do it. Right. Um, you don't have to. No, no. I, no, I think nine is going to so, focus a lot more on Kylo and Ray and how their conflict affects everything else. Yeah, okay. I mean, if anything, there might be like a little line of backstory or something with Kylo talking about who Snoke was. But at this point, because he's dead, unless they decide to go full out, like, oh, let's bring him back again because he is Darth Plagueis and he can cheat death. Like, I don't think that's. Gonna but for happen. me, at that point, um, when when <laughs> hey, I said if I said if I don't even want to see that happen. No. Like, I like the theory that he's Darth Plagueis, yeah. but I don't think they're going to bring him back no. again and, for and, episode. And, and the um, thing is, at that point, that was that was a, that was. Ryan Johnson's way of making, in my opinion, Kylo a more interesting character. Yeah, that was and very intentional. Shift like, the let's, intention away yeah. from this guy and let's just streamline shift the, the story. Shift the away from the man behind the curtain. Let's go yeah. ahead and get, so. let's get right to, because we, we only have about six-ish minutes now. We do have a little bit of time, but this okay. is our spoiler last, alert. Last call. Last Anybody call for spoilers. not seen Solo? Goodbye, folks. Talk Goodbye. About Solo. Thank you for coming. Thank you guys you. are awesome. Thank you. Don't want to spoil awesome. this for anybody who hasn't seen it You're yet. You're awesome. Go see Solo. You will not be disappointed. I hope not. Anyway, you won't be. You better not be. Everybody's seen it. Everybody's seen it? Or, or doesn't care good about with spoilers? being spoiled if you haven't seen it? Okay, here we go. Because, wait, I'm going to wait for the door to close. Okay. Holy crap, Darth Maul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Guys, okay. I swear to you, like, I don't even remember what happened at the end of the movie after that. Because I was just sitting there like... They just did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. That's, 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 that's perhaps the biggest unexpected, totally left turn, but totally, like, makes sense moment in that, in that movie. Yes. That Crimson, what was it, Crimson Sun? The, uh, Crimson Dawn. Crimson, Crimson Dawn, Dawn, like, Dawn. hello, red face and Crimson. Like, it makes perfect sense that Maul would be behind all this. And that Sam Witwer, of course, as the voice, and with Ray, Ray Park as Darth Maul. I mean... Uh, my poor wife is sitting behind, uh, sitting in the middle of me and Jason uh, last night. The, he comes up and I'm like, what? And then we both go, 
<laughs> looking at each other. My wife said, even though we didn't say anything, she said she like went deaf from the nerd <laughs> vibes coming off of us as we stared at each other. Um, yep. That was that. That happened. That happened. So that opened itself. I mean, if anything, for the solo film, that opens itself up to sequels. Sequel, right yeah. there. I want to see how the heck this. What, what's going on right now? Crimson Dawn and Kira getting involved with that and everything opens up some interesting storylines for what could happen in Boba Fett. And mm-hmm. future movies involving Solo and the gang. Yeah, and well, and it opens up so many possibilities because, like, because he's involved with Kira, I definitely think we could see that in a Solo sequel. But I'm like, they could also just branch that off completely in a different direction and have just a Darth Maul Solo movie or have him be a reoccurring character in other movies. I mean, I get the feeling that, like, if they do a direct sequel to Solo, it's probably going to deal more with him going to... Tatooine, like yeah. he was talking about at the end, to meet up with this big gangster who's putting a crew together for a big score or whatever, which I think we can obviously obviously assume is going to be Jabba. Oh, 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 oh. But <laughs> don't copy just me. The, like, I, was, I was stunned by this because I never thought that we would see Maul again in live action because they brought him back in the Clone no. Wars, and I'm like, there's such a bigger audience for the movies than there is for the TV shows, and if they bring him back in a movie, people are going to be so confused, people who haven't seen the, the animated shows and stuff, but like, there he is. He's out there. Everybody knows now. And so not only does this have huge implications for what they could do with Maul's character, but just that blows the door wide open for the possibility of seeing other characters from animation and stuff. Never thought movies. I'd see. Everybody would say, well, maybe Ahsoka will be in this. So I'm like, whatever. They're never going to do yeah. that. Now I'm like, well, now they don't and, know what they're going to do. Right. They did because, this. They could do anything. Because we hadn't gotten <laughs> so, to the spoilers yet. The guy that was over here that asked the question about, you know, do you think we'll see more characters from the expanded universe in the movies? It was so hard not to go like, well, now that Maul's back. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who aren't aware, yes, they did resurrect him in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So he's running around during the Clone Clone Wars, and uh, they finally end him in Rebels. Yes, uh, yeah. shortly Which before is a new also hope, so. like I hope they haven't painted themselves into a corner with this because that also was like okay, well for the the general movie going audiences who now are seeing this and going oh wow they brought back Darth Maul he's still alive how are they gonna where are they going to go with this and what's going to be the conclusion of that story arc and are we going to see him killed off or whatever and it's like well that also happened in a cartoon already that you weren't watching so like but it's still going to be an interesting thing to find out how Maul is now at he had I thought he went down in power like at the end of Clone Wars you know like Mm -hmm. he was in charge of all these Mandos and then at the end he got captured and then the comic he kind of got escaped and got with the Mandos again but at the end of it all, it's like, well, he then... He Everything got taken from him. Everything got taken away Wars. from him. But then, obviously, well, now he's kind of built it up a little bit, obviously. He's come back with a new organization. And he's now got... he has to crash down again. Right, yeah. But how does, he, how does he get to the point where he's just this... I mean, he, part of it is because Ray, Ray Park is a buff guy now. He's, he's bigger than he was uh, back in the Phantom Menace days. But he's got to get to the point somewhat of how he was in Malachor in Rebels, where he's this... Even though he's kind of playing the part of a weak old man in that in that uh, first well, premiere mean, of him, he has can, to get back to that point. You again. can chalk that up to stylistic differences between live action and that's true. Animation. There is and there is some of that stylistic mm-hmm. choice right there. But at the same time, it's like um, I just wonder what what's going to happen to him right? yeah. because I mean uh, again that and that makes me we're gonna you know hopefully see the the movie again this weekend at some point. A lot of those yes. kind of questions will still be discussed, but. Um, any yeah, other kind? Real quick, 
Any other thoughts aside yes. from Maul that you want to discuss from Solo? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, this is back to Maul. Oh, That's fine with fine. me. <laughs> okay, let's get... Well, yeah, go ahead. He got trapped yes. there. So, see, and that's what I'm thinking yeah. that Kira somehow traps Kira. I, I, I can't see her character living on much farther, to, especially because, you know, I want to have Han have some, you know, especially I, yeah, I want when to the light forwards are Leia. involved. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, also, but I do want to see Kira perhaps double cross him and get him trapped on Malachor, perhaps. But also, see, just, and again, we're talking about the potential impact of this and where they could go with this story. Like, I think Maul, he's such a bigger character than just like a cameo at the end of a Han Solo movie, right? Like, there's yeah, more in the works. Even, yeah, well, no, exactly. And even if he's like the main villain in the sequel or something, like. I wonder if they're going to do anything with like just him, if there's going to be a, a mall solo movie at some point or have him involved with other characters, because it would, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it would seem weird to me if like Han and Kira and all those guys were the reason he's trapped on Malachor. Well, you like, definitely, when he's into like Sith holocrons and ancient mythology that these guys have no idea about. They definitely opened up Pandora's box with this one. And I don't yeah. think it'll be a good, you can't wrap up this little thing by wrapping it up in a comic book or a cartoon or oh, something sure. like that. I think you have to wrap this element of Maul up in the, in the movie somehow. Right, but and, I don't think... I'm just saying I don't think he has to be limited to right. a series of Han Solo films. Yeah. They could have other spin-off films, oh, maybe yeah. with Boba Fett, or again, branch it off into give Maul his own solo film now that we've seen him, mm-hmm. um, or you know something like that. Maybe this will have something to do with the series that either Ryan Johnson or like the Game of Thrones guys are doing, something like that. Like there's, I think there's just a, a wide-open spectrum of possibilities for that character now, but I don't think they're going to wrap up that arc in... Another Han Solo film. Gotcha. At least that's me personally. All right. Yes, sir. So, uh, I don't want to compare Legend of Canon too much, but like in Legends, uh, Han saves Chewie and he's like, oh, I, I have a life debt with you now. Right. And we don't really see it that much in this movie. Yeah. There's no mention of a life debt. Yeah, no. right. I It, yeah, it's the best friends. It's a partnership. They, they, which, which I think is better. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact yeah. that it's like these two characters get thrown together, and they just—they're the only ones who ultimately have each other's backs through everything. Mm, yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the most amazing things about this movie is just the interaction between Han and Chewie. It's my favorite, my favorite part about this movie, um, and so I, I love that. And I, <laughs> especially the parts where Han is speaking Wookie. <laughs> 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 and yes, like the Jedi. This is the spoilery part. Um, I mean, I, unfortunately, because we've already seen the showdown in Obi Wan, mm-hmm. think we'll get to see him in the Obi Wan film. No, because they finished that. Right. But I mean, I think they could end Maul with killing him by you know crashing him in a mallet or something and. The general audience, they think he died, is gone, and everybody else can know he's stranded. Falls it down a pit into the floor or something. Like right. <laughs> but that didn't work the first time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He has a way of surviving bottomless pits. Yeah. Um, give it that to the movies. Right. Have the TV 
Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I like that. And hopefully they'll be able to do something like that. Yeah. Well, we are we probably got, running we are, over time. We are officially three minutes over. So we're going to officially wrap it up. But if you want to talk to us more, we are going to wrap this up. Exactly. Uh, we'll talk some more afterwards. Uh, i got business cards. Business cards for, for podcasts. The Wampus Lair podcast. If you like listening to us drone on and on, come on up. So. Thank you guys for being a great audience. Really Thank appreciate it. Thank you. What's up? What's up?